Zev. How are you doing today? Good. How are you, Michael? Doing excellent, man. I really appreciate you joining the podcast. Um, everybody, we have Zev Gakin on the phone. He runs Zev Media based in New York, and he specializes in digital marketing. Um, but Zev, I'd love you to give an intro to yourself. Tell us a little bit about what you do and uh, just kind of some of the industries that you work in. Sure. Yeah, so ZEV Media is a branding and content marketing, social media marketing firm. We focus primarily on creative content, helping small and mid-sized level businesses of all different stripes, by the way, mostly product businesses, but anything from tech to real estate to law um, to, you know, consumer goods, you name it. Um, And we really help them, you know, try to get more awareness and engagement and, of course, sales. Um, And we do that primarily through helping them create content, both for the written word, um, you know, uh, like blogging and also uh, visually video um, and, and graphics. And we primarily help them tell their story and connect their audience on the dominant social media platforms of today, like LinkedIn and Facebook and uh, Instagram, all of those. And we pretty much, you know, we do everything from helping them create the content to advising them on what kind of content to, to create, um, to posting and connecting with influencers and running ads. Awesome, man. And uh, I guess, you know, for the listeners, for the audience, um, I really wanted to theme the talk today, you know, with you just around kind of what works, you know, Um, there's a lot of options out there for people. I mean, we have, you know, social media marketing and paid media on social and and then within socials banner, there's Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Snapchat, and then there's the the Google kind of you know display network marketing, the Google search marketing. There's YouTube. There's there's just so much out there, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so I wanted to kind of narrow that in for the audience and for the listeners, um, and just you know maybe give small business owners, you know, creative people, digital marketers, some insight into what you see right now that you're doing for your clients that's that's actually moving the needle. So maybe you could you know give us a few examples of some things that you've done, some campaigns that you've run. Uh, where you saw some results. Sure. Yeah. So it's important to understand with any kind of content marketing or branding or really any any marketing, um, especially when it comes to organic content, which, you know, is different for some listeners who don't know. Organic content is unpaid. It's more like things you put out uh, for free on social media um, or things that you do to build your website, like blogging that helps you um, that you're not really paying for. Um, you know, except for the cost of creating it, but you know, you're not, you're not paying Google like you do with AdWords or paying Facebook. Um, you know, organic content is an important part of the equation, but it does take about four to six months of doing it well and doing it consistently to really build uh, a robust brand, you know, to have a narrative and to, um, really start getting the, not, not, you know, you'll get micro results way before that, like increased traffic, increased followers, likes, all of that. But in terms of really starting to get like an ROI in terms of sales, um, you know, it takes time to build that. On the paid side, though, um, if you want to get some short-term results, um, I think it's very important, especially the beginning, to to do a lot of what they call paid. So in the search category, um, I don't do personally so much of the SEO, um, you know, 
and, and display marketing, but that's like what you were talking about, like display mar- um, display ads, which are like banner ads um, or, you know, search ads, which are like the ads that come up when you search for something on Google, like the, the ads on the top and the bottom on the sides. Um, and in social media, uh, which is what we focus on primarily, the pay- paid would would refer to like Facebook ads, um, which are by far the best ad product in social media. You know, Instagram's getting there. LinkedIn has an ad product, Twitter too. But really by far the one that, that really drives the most results is uh, right now is Facebook ads. Um, and I'd say the thing that we're really focusing, we're seeing the best results from is influencer marketing. Um, influencer marketing definitely doesn't work for every kind of product or, or, or every kind of business. Um, but if you have a product, especially one like a consumer good, like something you can kind of give away, it's the most cost-effective type of marketing. Um, I'll give you an example. We have when we reach out to an influencer, we'll see the website clicks from Instagram. You know, if we reach out to somebody on Instagram, they post. Let's say we give them the product. Let's say it's like a bottle of uh, skincare. The influencer who we reached out to posts a picture with it. And maybe we paid her like $50, maybe at most $175. She has maybe 10,000 followers with like a very high, I mean, high engagement rates, like 7%. But sometimes it's much higher with the smaller influencers, which is interesting. Um, And then all of a sudden it'll jump up in one day to like 21 clicks. So, you know, um, a, a really good strategy is partnering with the right influencers and doing that consistent daily or weekly basis and you will drive a lot of traffic and get a lot of results and you will get customers because people trust it's proven over and over that people trust the recommendations of friends and influencers of other people uh way more than they trust ads sure now i have a question for you and i'm sure some of the listeners some of the audience members might be thinking the same thing um when you work with the influencers right and you're driving traffic and you're driving clicks what has the conversion been though on that, right? Because at the end of the day, you know, we as digital marketers all know that impressions are important. Reach is important. Clicks are important and click through rates are important. But at the end of the day, the clients who don't really roll up their sleeves and get into these metrics, they want to see sales. They want to see conversions. They want to see user acquisition or customer acquisition. So what has your experience been with that for the influencer marketing? So influencer marketing, I, I think that it's been much higher because I don't, you know, not every company will disclose, most of the time they won't disclose their increase in revenue or like profit margin. Like that stuff's usually pretty private, but we can definitely, you know, and also, you know, you have to have a good e-commerce website if you're selling anything online. You know, we can bring you the traffic, we can get you the awareness, but at the end of the day, you have to have a good customer service team in place. You have to have a good website and easy checkout um, and all of that. Um, but, you know, I've definitely seen when we do influencer marketing campaigns, we start getting a lot of comments and a lot of DMs from people being like, oh, where can I, you know, they want to know more about the product. Uh, where can they buy it? And then we'll get like messages or sometimes the same people will, will post. We don't even have to ask them. This is called user-generated content, where they, where, where, where customers will will post stuff, um, and they'll say like, "Oh, I found out about this, and I love it, and I'm using it, 
um, blah, blah. Now I'm sharing it with my friends. And they first found out about it through an influencer. Um, otherwise, they wouldn't have, it wouldn't have got, we wouldn't have even gotten on their radar. Um, because so, so it definitely does increase sales. Um, I don't know if there's like a, if I could say there's like a formula um, to increase, you know, how, to say how much it will increase each time. Um, there's a lot of variables, of course, um, and also that depend more on, on more than just marketing. But I do know that it does get the products to the right people at the right time um, and will definitely increase the chances of someone buying it. What about setting up like a coupon code per influencer? That, that could help, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we've only done that a little, a uh, little bit. Um, it really depends, you know, on the influencer, but I definitely think that works. I think that is especially helpful if you have like a, uh, like someone who's almost like a brand ambassador, you know, yeah. if you, you've worked with an, inf- and that's a really important thing. If you work with an influencer for a while and they really start, you see their driving results for your brand, um, and their, their brand really aligns with your brand and, you know, it's a mutual thing. They really love your stuff. It's not like just, they're not just saying it for the camera. I think it's good to court them with like a long-term kind of thing. And um, they don't have to just be a one-off. They could be someone you work with steadily and you could have a, like a coupon promotion and you could maybe even do in-person events with them. You know, it's good to also, besides all the, in, you could DM tons of influencers but you, but it's also good to have some like long-term kind of like ambassadors. Yeah, definitely. And it seems like almost what you're saying is form relationships with the influencers um, and really try to leverage and squeeze the most out of the relationship that you can and, you know, utilize that on a more long-term campaign strategy. Um, we've seen that work here at Grace Innovation as well. Um, we also, um, you know, something also that's important to point out is when, when you're, you know, when we engage with influencers here, we deploy 20 to 50 influencers per campaign. You know, we do 90 day campaigns and we deploy, you know, anywhere from, like I said, 20 to 50 different influencers on different scales and levels. And so you brought up a good point. Like, you know, the the influencers that have 200, 300, 500,000 followers, first of all, they're charging more money. Second of all, there's sometimes there's, uh, you know, um, saturation within their audiences, depending on how they built that, that, uh, that audience up. Um, so we do see that, yeah, 10, 15, 20,000 person, you know, influencers um, are very effective. You know, the engagement rates are much higher. And again, if we're, if we can deploy, you know, 30 of these different influencers all pushing the products out there, um, we see results as well. And anybody who's interested in, you know, like, oh, how do I, you know, how do I network with 50 people? You know, it's going to take a long time. There are databases out there where you can access. Um, oh, yeah. There's yeah. great tools like BuzzSumo. Um, which help you research influencers and, and it'll actually, you know, also social blade um, that'll help you um, get a, cause I think a very important thing is doing your homework first before you reach out, seeing if uh, what's their engagement rate, what, not just the, don't be fooled just by the follower count, which is a common error. A lot of, a lot of brands do that and they think, Oh, it doesn't work because they're only looking at the follower count. Um, a lot of people, unfortunately, uh, there shouldn't be news to anyone, but, there's a lot of people who buy followers or, or get kind of like, like for like, like not real engaged followers. So you want to look at the engagement rate. You want to look at, um, you know, if you're doing something that's targeted geographically, obviously want to see where they are 
and what they do. And you want to see if their brand and their, um, you know, their brand persona and the audience that they have aligns with yours. Um, and then, yeah, there, there are some, there are tons of tools for finding, verifying and reaching out to influencers. Often we, you know, once we do our homework and we find out the good influencers, then we just usually just DM them on Instagram. It's pretty simple. Yep. Um, and uh, it's, it, it can lead to a phone call. And obviously, you got to keep it all in it. Uh, we, we use like spreadsheets. I'm sure there are more sophisticated tools out there. Yeah, well, uh, nowadays they even have, uh, and, and I know that, you know, these things are continuing to evolve and every day new companies pop up. But they, yeah, there's actually like kind of like databases that you can get um, that you can get into where you sign up for, you know, and of course, this isn't free, right? So if you're going a more cost effective way, you know, you can, like, like Zeb was just saying, You'd use a spreadsheet. You'd organize it on a, on an Airtable, whatever. Um, but if you if you can spend a little bit of money, if the client allows for you to do that, you know you can get these uh, basically these these programs where you sign in and you have a username and it's a it's kind of a database of influencers that you can search by um, you know topic or whatever to- topic location and you can connect with them right in there and kind of save save messages and, and be in contact through that platform. Right. And I think it's important to, to, to understand that when you're doing influencer marketing, so besides the costs that may be involved in terms of like having tools or, you know, tools to find the influencers or, or CRM to keep track of the conversations you have with them or whatever you use. And if you're outsourcing to an agency like us, besides that, you know, it's not free. It is, this is paid meat. This is like, this is an advertising like this is kind of like put in the same box as as AdWords or uh, Facebook ads. This is an ad, a paid strategy. But um, the important thing to know is that I think it's probably the most cost effective because it's still very underpriced. Um, influencer marketing started uh, started getting talked about more like in the media, like only a few years, like maybe three years ago. But it only really now it's really taking off like this year. Uh, the past two years, it's gotten like really, you know, and, and I'm sure it will get saturated eventually. But the what what what's important to understand is that this is your ad spend. Like it's you can you can do it instead of doing ads even. Um, and supplement exactly. It's you you allocate a little bit of your spend, yeah. depending on your you know what your platform is. And there are influencers on Facebook and Instagram uh, and LinkedIn and Pinterest. All of these have their influencers. Snapchat. But Instagram, YouTube too. Find, YouTube's a big one. YouTube, of course. Yeah, that was like where it be, you know you had YouTube these beauty blog vloggers and um and also blogging. It's not dead. There are tons of really uh, popular blogs and bloggers out there, and a lot of these bloggers also have a YouTube or an Instagram or, or Twitter. Yeah, let's like, talk a little bit about that real quick. Yeah. Medium, Medium as a distribution channel for content. What do you what are your thoughts on that? Have you have you ever any experience with Medium? I mean, it's a oh, good. Yeah. Yeah, talk, maybe we could talk a little bit about that. Outbrain, maybe we can talk about Outbrain a little bit as well. Oh, sure. Um, I just wanted to finish one point on, on the, the influencer marketing, just to say that um, when, you, when you really looked at it, if you're pay, the, some influencers at the very low level will take free products. But most of the time, it's usually just a free a unit, like a free product and a very minimal spend. And pretty much, um, you know, we're talking, it could be anywhere from 50 to 200 for influencers that are under like 30,000 followers. So put that in perspective. And honestly, it's the greatest deal of all time. The brands go home thinking, oh, my God, I only spent $200 and got all these, all this traffic and all these likes and all 
and sales. And the brand, and the influencers go home thinking, that's so cool. I, I ripped them off. I got some free products and a little money too uh, for just posting something. Awesome. So just putting that in perspective, how cost effective it is. Yes. Um, getting to your question about medium. Medium is if you're a writer, which I am, that's my background. As a, I was a content writer for five years, uh, is a writer's paradise. Um, if you're doing any kind of con- written content, um, and especially important if you're for all these law firms, accountant, uh, anyone in a service, any, pretty much any business um, that will involve, you know, especially B2B, you know, um, reaching out to other businesses. Medium is a great place to build your kind of what I think it's very cliche, but like your thought leadership, your established credibility uh, and, and demonstrate expertise. Um, it's, you know, there's a free version, you know, of medium. Um, it's very easy. It's really a blog. It's a social media site for blogs. That's pretty much what it is. It's owned by the same people who own Twitter. Um, and it is a blogging platform. You could easily, be, you have a built-in audience because it'll show your blogs to other people. It's a lot easier to use than like WordPress and you can, you can uh, engage with other people's posts. They can engage with you. And if you post steadily, you will build an audience. Yeah, definitely. And I think what's cool on there, you know, I, I tried to experiment. I tried to explore a little bit there with advertising. I think they were testing it for a while on Medium. They, they wound up not launching it. Um, it's very organic right now. But again, a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of people out there who they may not, you know, have the most savvy web skills, even with Squarespace and WordPress, even though they make it, you know, pretty, pretty out of the box, pretty turnkey. I think Medium is a great platform because you can get started on it today. Like you don't have to wait for a web developer to set up your blog. You know, that can come at any time, but just get writing, get in the habit of producing content. And it will, if you use the right tags, if you use the right keywords on there, it will get in front of the right people. And then again, you have, you have a place to, um, you have a piece of content that you can put on your social media now that you can you can push out to your audiences on there without having to you know again put put a high uh, amount of spend into like a web design web development. So if you don't have a website, if you don't have your own blog on a, on, a, on your own site, you know, and you don't have the the funds or availability to get writing and blogging, I think that's where Medium comes in. I think it's a great platform for that. Switching gears real quick, I want to talk about we'll, we'll wrap this up, but I wanted to talk a little bit about Facebook because. You, you had said that Facebook is, is, is one of your favorite, you know, platforms for advertising. I was wondering if you could just go through maybe um, just some of the, you know, types of campaigns you could run on Facebook and maybe, you know, talk about the pixel. A lot of people out there have no idea what the pixel is and what the pixel allows us to do as digital marketers. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so as far as the Facebook uh, ad campaign, you can really promote any product um, or service that you want on there. And they have a ton of different layouts that may suit your, um, such as carousel. Like they have, you could either do like rotating a lot of different pictures, like a slide share, or you could do kind of like one image or one video and a caption. There are tons of options. It's great because it helps you target your audience because Facebook has a ton of data. We won't get into how they got it. Um, (laughs) Where they basically, um, you know, can tell you, you can find anybody based on like, their town or like, you know, uh, their income level, their age demographics, the things that they're interested in, what they like on Facebook, the things that they talk about. Facebook gives you all of that. So you can project um, what, how, how big your reach will be, 
and how much your dollar, how far your dollar dollar will go. And then you can select different kinds of campaigns. You could do ones that are just trying to get impressions and, and likes and, you know, like, um, you know, awareness. You can have ones that lead people to a, and this is where you talk about with the pixel. If you have your own website and you have, um, you know, like let's say you have a shopping cart or you have a lead contact form, you could use this pixel. It's like a strip of code. And, you know, when you have your call to action, you put your link to like either your lead contact form or the buy now, like the, the landing page where the product is. And this putting this code in, you can have your developer or, you know, your marketing team do it. Um, will basically track and see not just so you don't just see the likes and comments, but actually see how many of those people converted and went to your your page, went to your heated the call to action, went to your web page, and then what they did there. So it's a very use. It's a if you're especially if you're doing a lead or con, or a conversion campaign, it's very important to do that. Awesome, man, Zev. I really appreciate you joining us today. Where can people find you if they want to look sure. into your company? So you can find me almost everywhere on the interwebs. Um, our website, zevmedia.com, is still in it's in development right now. But you could find me on Instagram at Zev, Z-E-V-G-1. Um, you can also find me, uh, Zev Marketing Consultant, on Facebook. And you can find me, Zev Gotkin, on Twitter. You can pretty much find me anywhere and um also zev media on on pretty much all these channels too awesome thanks for joining us today man we really appreciate right, it let's great. talk Thank soon you. okay